Well, I can say to everyone out there who's wondering if they should homeschool, it is going to be okay. Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? together. Yeah, I do good, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together podcast. I think we got one of the coolest, you know, interviews coming up here on our homeschooling journeys interview series. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to be blown away. We yeah. actually interviewed a homeschool student. Right. And and she's uh she's in college now and has just had uh, I would say she's a homeschool success story. She's had a great experience and she's got a really bright future ahead of her and I think that's really soothing. I know we've always wanted homeschool but I know for a lot of folks out there this is new and maybe a little bit scary and some of you who maybe didn't plan to necessarily homeschool might be thinking about continuing with it because uh, you know, it, it is such a, an interesting and, and unique way to learn. So I just loved being able to ask her questions that, what was her experience like? Did she feel excluded? Did she miss, feel she missed out? What experiences did she get that she wouldn't have had if she were in school? I mean, all the questions, right? How did you, what was your social upbringing like? All the things. How did you feel prepared for college? Yeah, how did you get into college? How did you apply? How for did your, they see the you? Yeah. How did, so we walked through it all. And what was really cool is, you know, our, our oldest is almost five. This girl's 20. This, you know, in the very near future could be us, you know, in our existence. Yeah. And, you know, as you're listening right now, this could be you in a few years hearing what your young student is, you know, becoming. You know, she started talking about homeschooling when they started, I think, when they were in third grade. Third grade, yeah. And then she took it all the way to the end of the high school. And it was just a fantastic, you know, path to listen to how she, you know, learned, how all her process. It was just fantastic. And it's a, I think, really nice, motivating, you know, interview that will get you excited about your kid and what they're going to be like in 10, 15 years. Following their passions and just, yeah, it was, it was terrific. Absolutely I, terrific. So... Yeah, I just want to make a small disclaimer. Um, even though we are a secular podcast, this uh, this young woman it has a religious background and she did some religious schooling. So is, she had a faith-based education. Uh, that comes up a couple of times in our interview, but don't let that detract you if you're also secular homeschoolers because she had some just amazing stuff to say, but we did want to just include the disclaimer. But before we get into the interview, if you could join us on our Facebook group at homeschool together podcast on our instagram page at homeschool together podcast and also go out there leave us a review five stars write a short <laughs> little thing get us up in the rankings you know we keep asking for it go do it we know there's a lot of subscribers and you haven't done it yet so I'm, this is this is <clears throat> this is the map a guilt trip <laughs> no we we love you all and we and do. i do want to say specifically about the Facebook group that we appreciate that so many people have joined the group. Yeah. We love it when you 
post things you find. And I, I mean, I try to post every time I find something that's really neat on there. But if you see a great video or you download some great worksheets or you had an idea or read a really great book, just feel free to snap a pic or, or copy the link and post it to the group because the idea of the group is not just for us to feed information to you all, which we definitely try to do as much as we can. But you know, for, for this to be something organic, we're all kind of, we're all in this together. That's the whole point of our podcast. And we want to help each other because we are all focused on, on the same goals. So if you see something great, we just love seeing all of you post. It's been terrific. So I just wanted to say thank you. So let's get into the interview with Jordan Anderson. Absolutely fantastic young woman um, who's a homeschooler, had a great experience and we had a fantastic interview. We hope you enjoy it. We're so happy to have you on the podcast and, and have everyone uh, hear about your story. So let's jump right in. Uh, tell us, how, how did you get started uh, homeschooling? I think I got started homeschooling the same way a lot of people. My mom read a book right about <laughs> when, when I was going into third grade. My mom decided to take me and my younger brother, who was three grades behind me, and decided just homeschool with pretty much no prior knowledge of homeschooling. She just knew that she wanted to jump in and go for it. So from third grade through sixth grade, I was independently homeschooled with just a couple other friends who were doing the same thing. And what do you mean by independently? Is that not with co-op or? Yeah, independently just means no co-op. So it was just my mom going to the curriculum fair every year, mm -hmm. having that little panic attack of what are we gonna do for every single subject? <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out which science program is going to prepare my kid for the rest of their life. <laughs> you know, all that fun jazz. And right about when I joined started seventh grade, my mom thought, let's join a co-op someplace that has our ideals in mind and already has a curriculum decided for us. And I started that when I was 12 in seventh grade and stayed with that co-op and the same group of 12 kids until I graduated in 2018. Could you uh, describe a little bit about the co-op? What was your experience? What was that like? Absolutely. So I was a part of Classical Conversations, and that group meets once a week. So unlike a public or private school setting where you come into the school for the day, you get homework that night, come back in the morning, you would come in once a week, they would give you homework, you take that homework home, do it for seven days, and then come back again. And wow. every time you came to class, you would do a presentation of some kind, either reading a paper aloud, a memorized presentation, every blue moon, a PowerPoint, something <laughs> that you can share with your class about what you've learned that week. And as the years go on, it becomes more and more student-led. So by the time you're in senior year, the class leads every subject and all of the discussions and projects. Wow. So you said you had 12 kids. Was that a, a, a wide range of age groups or were they all kind of clustered together? Pretty close in age. So there is a, a mark for the youngest you can be. So in seventh grade, you had to be 12, but you okay. could be past that if you would like. So my graduating class, I was the youngest at 17 when I graduated, and then we also had someone turning 20, but that was the extent of the age gap. So when they said they gave you homework um, and through the co-op, were your parents still involved in your education? Were they doing additional things during that week, or was it really just you doing that activity or the work that you had to do? 
Great question. 100% the parents are involved. It was always said the parents are the teacher. The person facilitating at the co-op was just your tutor, is what we called them. So your homework for the week might be read blank book, so many chapters of it. But then your parent at home was the one saying, hey, we're going to read this together, or you're going to read it by yourself. You would do the discussion questions with them. Your parent would determine what type of project you had to do. If it was a five-paragraph paper, a one-paragraph paper, a memorized presentation, that was all up to your parent. And when you were younger, so like 12 or 13, the parents led pretty much everything. But then by the time you were in upper high school, the students were more self-leading, which worked really well for parents who also had younger kids. So by the time I was a freshman, my mom could help my brother when he started junior high and so on. Well, so was it the the nature of the co-op and, and what you said, I think it's called classical conversations. Did it drive a lot of the you know intrinsic motivation to get you to do the work? Like you said, it's very much learner led at the end. How did they kind of cultivate that mindset? I know there's a lot of younger parents that listen to this who have younger, you know, really young kids, you know, like us, we have mm-hmm. four-year-old you know, what were those techniques or, or you know, things that they did that kind of led you in that direction? How did they help me learn to love learning? Is that what you're well, going for? Maybe, maybe like, how did, how did they get you to be motivated to do your own schoolwork? That kind of like where you went to do it yourself or oh, mm-hmm. that there wasn't so much involvement towards the end? How, how was that kind of honed in the co-op? That's a great question. The co-op actually starts back when you're super little. You can join it in kindergarten. We didn't find it till seventh grade, though, for me. And it works how they would give you, they called it the challenge guide. And it would just tell you what is due that week. The entire thing's only like a page. And then it is up to you and your parents to determine how you're going to spread that out. And I know every student is motivated differently. I was motivated by two things, my friends and a very colorful whiteboard. I really (laughs) like organizing. And so that challenge guide made me so happy. I would take out a whiteboard and write out every subject in a different color, everything I was going to do a different day, depending on what color it was. It was, it was a fantastic whiteboard. You're a woman after my own heart. Yeah, yeah. You're like a little Ariel. (laughs) You're you're speaking to, to, right to my soul right now. (laughs) Definitely. I need my multicolored whiteboard markers. First purchase of every school year. But also having that friend base, that little group from the co-op, I found extremely helpful because there was a paper on Monday. Everyone's going to be presenting a paper on Monday to the whole class. Even when I was 12, every week I read a paper out loud to everyone else. I'm not going to be the only one there without a paper. And I'm also going to make sure mine's the best paper because that's part of the fun of sharing it with all of your friends. And also I had those same 12 kids, give or take a couple from 12 years old to 17 of sharing our one paragraph science papers to our 20 page senior theses. You know, we did that with the same group. And I think that really helped with motivation as well. Wow. So you guys were all kind of a group. Did you guys have activities outside of the co-op together or was it really just located within that one day of the co-op? Outside of the co-op, me and my class, we got together a lot. We became very close friends. And so even now I've been out of high school for two plus years and I still get together with everyone in my class that's in state. We try to get together every month and we text all the time. Just because we became very close through it all. But you also don't need a co-op for that. 
when I was independently homeschooled, my mom went and she found other groups in our neighborhood that were independently homeschooled. And we decided to take a field trip. I think it was every other week or something like that. I was pretty young. But because we all had young kids, like, hey, let's get together. We're all going to go to the pumpkin patch and learn about how pumpkins grow. And that's going to be science. And just having that group of accountability really helps make you want to learn yourself. Did um did you see any difference between say when you were independently homeschooled and when you were in the co-op? Do you prefer one or the other? Um, what were the maybe the pros and cons of each? I think a lot of my bias is going to come from my age because I was only independently homeschooled from nine to eleven years old. Okay. I absolutely loved it. I loved working with my mom. I loved working with my brother every day. We became super close through that. Like. We have a crazy twin-like bond. It's awesome. I also was telling my mom right about seventh grade, I think I need a little more challenge and I think I need a class. But I didn't want to go into a typical school environment and my parents didn't want to put us in one either. And so that's when we found classical conversations. And that was the perfect timing because then I had a built-in class, but still had the full homeschooling experience. And it gave me the appropriate level of challenge, probably even the ability to have more than the appropriate level of challenge (laughs) all the way through senior year. Like my senior projects were more difficult and more rewarding than most of the college work I've done. And Mm -hmm. I'm graduating in a couple months. (laughs) So when you... You, you said you you wanted more challenge, but you absolutely didn't want to go back to a traditional school. What were what were the things that were that were happening for you being home educated that that made you not want to go to a full school? You you wanted more, but you, you didn't want to go that far. Well, again, my bias is age based because I was only in a classic school and it was a private school setting through second grade, so I honestly mm. don't remember much. But I really liked being with my brother and that bond that we've been able to build. And I really liked being able to spend all the time with my parents and my mom being able to teach me. My grandparents would come once a week and teach a class. And I just loved that intimacy and bond. And with my other homeschooling friends, like I said, before the co-op, we would meet with other families as well. That's great. Yeah, I really just wanted to keep that in my life. and. Even though I was pretty young, I did understand the reasons that my parents chose to homeschool and that they wanted us to have that strong foundation, both in the word of God, but also just in the subjects that we found very important for our education. And I understood that I was going to get that strong foundation because of the educational path my parents had chosen, which was homeschooling. Was it a little scary to ask to ask your parent for more? Like, was there some concern asking them to do that or, or find something new? Was there a little bit of fear when you did that? You said you asked your mom for more. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think so. But my parents, ever since the first year of homeschooling, they told us, at the end of this year, we're going to ask you what you guys want to do. And if you guys want to go back to the private school that you were at, we'll talk about that and maybe we can go back. Because we want this to be something that you guys are as passionate about as we are. And every single year at the end of the school year, since I was nine, my parents would say, do you want to go to classic school? Do you want to go to private school or public school this year? 
And every single time my brother and I had a resounding, no, we want to keep homeschooling. So I wasn't afraid to ask my parents for more challenge because I knew that they wanted to hear what I had to say and that they were going to give me that challenge that I needed through homeschooling. What do you think are some experiences that you got to have as a homeschooler that maybe you wouldn't have gotten to have if you were uh, in, in the classroom for seven, eight hours a day? What were some some opportunities that, that you were able to experience? See, that's the, the key point that you just said right there, being in the classroom seven to eight hours a day. Because one of the main questions I get all the time is, oh, you were homeschooled. You must have never seen sunlight. <laughs> and if they're convinced like you're like locked in your house but it's well the no it's the sun it's the sun and the moon i haven't seen either <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah no there's just none i'm a vampire <laughs> but it's really the exact opposite if you're in traditional schooling setting you're in a room all day long when you're homeschooled you are not <laughs> you get to go outside you get i mean i did my schoolwork outside most of the time when it was nice out i would go see the places that I was studying if my family could take us there. And I was able to join a lot more extracurricular activities than I would have been able to because my hours were super flexible. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could do something that met at noon if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. My brother, he loves sports. He did every sport, every (laughs) time. It wasn't, I play soccer. No, it was, we're going to do soccer, basketball, baseball. We're going to do them all. And I loved writing. That's what I'm studying in college. And because I was homeschooled, I got to spend a lot of time writing outside of school. And I actually wrote and self-published a novel while I was in high school. And my brother, he loves programming. And he was able to program and publish several video games before he graduated. And it's something that we wouldn't have had the time to do if we were in a classroom for seven to eight hours and then had to do homework until bed. Could you talk a little bit about like what your day, like maybe what your week looked like? And because you had the one class a, a week mm-hmm. with your co-op, what did your week kind of look like? You know, as it kind of ebbed and flowed, but maybe just an average. What did it, you know, what did you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, absolutely. So my co-op it did meet once a week, and so Mondays were always co-op day. Co-op days were meeting with your friends, sharing what you had learned, but the new information was always learned at home. So we shared, we presented. And then the rest of the week would be doing our work. A typical, this is a big school day, would be from about 9 a.m. to 3. And we would try to spend about an hour on each subject because we'd have six subjects to study. However, part of the reason we chose homeschooling is because our family has a very interesting schedule. Both of my parents were self-employed. And that meant some days they're working the entire day. Some days, Wednesdays off. So we would go to the park that day or go see a movie or go see my grandparents because pretty much my entire extended family lives within a couple dozen miles. So there would be a lot of traveling. My dad runs a recording studio. We would go see a band or something like that. But it pretty much ebbed and flowed. We'd have the nine to three school or school in the car or school in the park or school wherever we happened to be that day. You said your brother played a lot of sports and mm-hmm. I know you, you've done some, I think it sounded like from what Ariel described to me that you did some extracurriculars as well. What were those like? How did you get in, you know, involved in those extra, extracurriculars and were you involved in any of the public school sports or activities there? 
my brother, again, he's one that was into all the sports, and so he did do the public school sports. Once he started high school, we just went to our public high school and signed up for the sports. That is typical for most places if you're a homeschooler. They're just going to give you the same spiel of, oh, as long as there's space after everyone signs up, you can be on the team. And never, ever, ever have we had the problem where there's so many kids in the high school signing up for one sport that they can't eke on one homeschooler. <laughs> so Noah has been able to play any sport he wants through the public schools. He's done it with local private schools. And he's also done it with just community programs like YMCA or Boys and Girls Club. Was that hard for him? Were the other, I mean, what was the attitude of the other uh, children towards towards him? Was he just this outsider or did he mesh in well with his new teammates? That's a great question. He never had trouble meshing in with his teammates. It was just like joining a rec league. Hmm. You know, you just join in. Mm -hmm. The only problems we would ever have is sometimes the school would be a poor communicator. We once or twice have shown up to a game that was canceled and they decided to announce that over the intercom and not oh. tell the one homeschooler on the team. Mm. But that's a pretty small price to pay. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't happen that often because he had friends at the school and they would text him and say, hey, game was canceled today. <laughs> <laughs> so we were pretty much always good on that. I was more of a writer dancer actor type so i would mm -hmm. always look for community theaters that were putting on shows or camps that were going on that i could attend because i wasn't in school all day i could do an acting camp for a week if i wanted and mm -hmm. i did a couple times i did some dancing when i was younger did they offer those during the school year not just in the summer most of the time it was around summer but our co-op got off in may and so I was mm -hmm. able to do some earlier where some of my friends in private or public school were still in school. Oh, wow. Did you um, did you have any like big challenges while you were homeschooling? I mean, it's not all roses and sunshine. So what type of challenges did you run into while being a homeschooler? Or was it all roses and sunshine? <laughs> um, I hesitate to say it's all roses and sunshine, but yeah. I was actually looking at that question earlier. <laughs> And honestly, couldn't really think of much. I okay. really enjoyed my homeschooling experience. The only challenges I ever had, I think I would put on myself because I really like doing very well or moving up the bar high. And homeschooling okay. lets you do that. It's always good to have a parent to remind you, you don't have to put the bar as high as your imagination can go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's good to have someone out there helping you keep a realistic look on things. But I really enjoyed it. You are just about to finish college. Mm -hmm. What was the process as you were finishing up your co-op, you know, experience? How did you apply to college? How did colleges look at you? How did you, you know, apply? Were you, did you feel like they kind of looked down on you or were confused about you as a homeschooler? Mm -hmm. what, was that what was that experience like? I can tell you just from hearing the quote unquote horror stories of it that I was kind of worried about that. It's like, okay. oh, you know, I did a great job in homeschooling. I know that. But, you know, you always have that thought like, oh, well, maybe my grades aren't like equal to people who were in private or public school. Maybe they'll look at me differently. That, in my opinion, is really just fake news. It's a lie. Colleges love homeschoolers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they, they were hounding me. They wanted me so bad. Uh, <laughs> which, like, you're which, a homeschooler. Which... Which university did you go to or are, where are you at? 
I ended up going to full sail university. Like my okay. sail is full of wind. It's based out of Florida, yep. but I am taking my courses 100% online since before it was cool. I have been <laughs> doing it back since 2018. Wow. So, so, and, and you're, you're getting your bachelor's, is that right? Mm-hmm. I'm getting a bachelor's of fine arts in creative writing for entertainment. So learning how to make scripts, novels, storylines, commercials, etc. Okay. First of all, that's awesome. And second mm-hmm. of all, you're 20 and yes. getting ready to do that. So you're, you're ahead of the curve. Yes. Of uh, we, we were both 22 and we graduated with our bachelor's as folks normally are, but you graduated a bit early. Yes. And that is also due to homeschooling because, because of my co-op and how my family did homeschooling, I was very used to getting my overview for the week presented to me like on Monday and then scheduling out my time for the rest of the week. I'd been doing that since I was 12. When I was being interviewed for Full Sail University, because you had to get through some interviews before they accepted you, one of the things they said was, all right, this is the biggest question. If you can't do this, you probably won't be able to make it at our college, well, at our university. We are going to give you a general overview of your week on Monday, and then you're going to need to schedule out your own time for the rest of the week. We're not going to give you (laughs) nightly homework. You're going to have to schedule it out for the whole week. Are you able to do this? Because if not, you should just stop now. Most people, this is where they hit the trouble when they get to our university. And I was like, I've been doing that every week since I was 12. I think I'm going to be good. (laughs) And because of that, I chose their version of the bachelor's that goes through the summer. Okay. So I went through the summer for two years so that I can graduate in March. Wow, that's great. So, so uh, you you applied? Did you apply to several colleges? You said colleges seemed to be excited that you were a homeschooler. Yes, colleges were very excited that I was a homeschooler. First off, because some colleges actually want to fulfill a percentage, like they want ten percent of their student body to be homeschoolers or something like that, and so okay. they want you to reach that demographic. Hmm. But like the diversity oh, candidate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You are somewhat of a diversity candidate by being a homeschooler. I also was hounded by a lot of colleges because of the homeschooling background, but also because of my SAT scores. And after doing a classical Christian co-op, I actually got very good SAT scores in the top 7%. And so that also helped colleges Hmm. want to have me come to their campus. So when you applied, did you have a GPA, grades? I mean, how did... How did they evaluate your education as a homeschooler? Yeah, that is one of the bigger questions. So the main thing that they wanted to look at was my transcript. And Mm. yes, my grades were given to me by my mom, but it was based off of how you ought to give grades on percentages. And they were mainly interested in what classes I took and how many credits they were worth. And as a homeschooler, And pretty much to anyone that independently homeschools or homeschools the co-op, you are going to have way too many credits, way, (laughs) way too many credits. So much so, especially in the extracurricular section, that my mom was encouraged to actually take several of them off of my (laughs) my transcripts so that they wouldn't think I was lying. (laughs) Okay. Like okay. it's it's crazy. I had to take my like service hours and like show less than half of what I had just so that they would believe it to be real. 
So did they did they care like what what curriculum was being used? I mean, when she's assigning percentages based on you know, how how you scored on. I mean, are they are they critiquing like oh we like this curriculum but we don't like this other part or is it all just kind of accepted because you got such great SAT scores that they you know kind of went with it or that depends a lot on the college. So I'm just going off of my personal knowledge here, which is that they do not care about the curriculum. I think that's safe for pretty much any university. They don't know what curriculums are going on right now. Curriculums change like the wind. All they care (laughs) about is that you have something that matches their criteria. You have world literature, American literature, British literature. You have your math, your algebra, all of that. As long as you have credits and hours inside of those categories, you're going to be good. My university, the one that I chose, was specifically because of my major. I want to work in the creative groups and departments. And Full Sail University is renowned for treating you more like an employee than a student. So I knew I wanted to go to that university beforehand. Actually, because there's a place I want to work. It's a place nearby that works with my dad's studio sometimes. So I went there and I asked to speak with the guy in charge and said, I'd like to work here as a director what degree would you want to see on my resume and where would you like it from? And he said, I would like a writing degree from Full Sail University. It's perfect. I'll be back in a few years. (laughs) And I am now getting that degree. That's brilliant. But funnily enough, that one university doesn't even check SAT scores. So after all that, didn't even need them. But I did send them just because as a homeschooler, it normally helps to just give some other more standardized proof, so to speak, that your mom didn't just give you A's because she liked how you smiled. You know, you have, a, <laughs> you have some kind of standardized proof. So speaking about about standardized tests, uh, you know, we, we have this assessment requirement here in, in Washington that you have to have some sort of assessment, even if it's just for your own uh, mm-hmm. family's knowledge. How how did that go as a, you know, transitioning from all year you're learning independently or you're learning with your co-op and then you've got to all of a sudden sit down and take this standardized test? It, the, the public school students basically spend all year preparing for that standardized test. Uh, how, how did that go for you? Yeah, I remember taking those ever since, ever since I was a wee last, taking those standardized <laughs> tests. And first off, my brother and I, and pretty much all the other homeschoolers that I knew always scored very well on them, Mm -hmm. normally much higher than average. And that's just because of how we've been taught how to learn. It is different because you're not used to taking tests like that. However, we would always do a little bit of training right beforehand. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, I don't know if you remember the like brain games, brain master cards. My mom used to get us those. Yeah. Yeah, What are they? We have some brain brain quest. Brain Brain quest. quest. Yes, yeah. brain quest. My we have one. Our daughter has class. like the four-year-old one. Yeah, we got her four-year-old. <laughs> my first brain quest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she would get us those because they would come out with ones that said for the 2013 Wassel or MSP or whatever it's called now. They would have a set specifically for that. Wow. And we would just do that for just a couple weeks before the test, if even that, just a little bit beforehand, just so we'd be familiarized with the type of questions. Okay. Now we mainly use Khan Academy, which also has free, amazing training for any kind of standardized tests, including and especially the PSAT, SAT, ACT, 
all of those, they give you free practice quizzes, personalized study tips, all of that for free. It's actually recommended by College Board as the number one place to prepare for standardized tests. And there's not even a pay for version. It's just wow. meant to be free. And it's an amazing resource. Wow. So kind of speaking about, about standards to write common core mm-hmm. is, is so prevalent. And we're, we're doing a, we, we just finished doing a series of shows about uh, the difference between public school and homeschool kind of curriculum and just how much of the day is all basically reading, writing, math. <laughs> you know, it's maybe two thirds mm-hmm. reading, writing, and then the other thirds math. How was your split in your in your co-op? How, I mean, how much more well-rounded do you think that was? Did you did you cover science and history and all these things regularly, or was even in the co-op still most of that focus on that reading, writing, math? Let's see. So the co-op had six strands every year, and let's see if I remember them all. There would be a math, science, literature, rhetoric, and The other two would change depending on what year you were on. Sometimes it was geography and like biology. Um, Sometimes it was like modern events or debate. I love to debate. Mm -hmm. But it definitely was one sixth (laughs) for each one. So we wouldn't spend two thirds of the day on math. Every subject got an hour. So it would be an hour of math, hour of reading, hour of rhetoric, hour of debate, hour of this, hour of that everything was split up, but also kept intertwined. We always called them strands instead of subjects because one strand always leads into another. And one thing classical conversations was great at always reminding us is all of those strands are also going to connect to God in the center. And that just spreads out into every subject, which makes them all intertwined like a beautiful wheel with spokes. Got it. So I would say that reading, writing, and math are still three very important subjects to have, but they did not overwhelm the rhetoric and poetry and debate and other types of skills that we got to learn. So if I'm right, could you talk about Latin and why that is important? (laughs) Yes. So the foreign language, that was another one of the subjects I forgot, one of the strands, foreign language. For classical conversations, they use Latin because that's one of the main parts of the trivium in a classical education. And when I was 12, I (laughs) begged not to take Latin because that seemed like a complete waste of time. And my parents said that I had to at least for one year. The first class had a two hour lecture. And when it was over, I ran out. I told my parents I wanted to be a Latin teacher when I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) And sure enough, here I am now 20. And I am a Latin teacher at a private classical Christian school. And I love Latin because it is the root to pretty much any other romance language. It's like learning the alphabet because you want to write or learning how to read music because you want to conduct an orchestra. And as you learn it, you learn about order and how subjects and direct objects work, how to use prefixes and suffixes. It helps the logic center of your brain make connections. It helps the language part of your brain learn how to speak and understand another language. I can and have talked about this for many hours on end, so I'm going to have to reel myself in here. No. But 
I do love Latin as part of a classical education, but I also have seen other people homeschool with Spanish or French, and it's also fantastic. I am just slightly biased. So starting in Latin, then did you did you pick up any other languages? I am, actually. There was a Spanish-speaking church meeting in my church building, and they needed a vocalist and piano player. I sing and play piano, so I volunteered. I said, minor problem. I don't speak any Spanish, but I would love to work with you guys. I don't know if it helps at all, but I teach Latin. And their worship pastor used to be a Latin professor. And they just laughed and went, you know Latin? Don't even worry about it. You'll be fine in like a few days. (laughs) And sure enough, within a few days, I was singing in their band, holding small conversations with the congregants. And I can now speak a fair amount of Spanish almost entirely off of what I knew in Latin. Wow, that's really cool. And and so you, you talked to, we talked briefly uh, before the show about there was Latin competitions and things as part of your yes. education? Yes, there is the National Latin Exam. And it's another form of standardized test, which if you are pursuing Latin, I highly recommend taking because colleges love them. <laughs> and you would take the National Latin Exam, which covered Latin grammar, Roman history, and a little bit of Latin reading comprehension. And depending on how you scored, you were ranked in the nation, and they would actually send you full-on medals like you were in the Olympics, so you got to wear them <laughs> around. I definitely maybe sort of wore mine around the house after I got them, <laughs> but <laughs> I personally gold medaled three times. And I have some friends that received perfect quizzes or other gold medals. And one of them showed all of her quizzes to the university that she's at. And for her four-year degree, she had to take one month of Latin to fulfill her language requirement based off of her national Latin exam accolades. That's amazing. Um, Did you do any um, community college classes while you were, you know, still technically in... Running start? Yeah. Yeah. Did you do kind of a running start thing? I did not do running start. Okay. I have some friends that did, but I can't really speak to it much. Okay. I do know that with the co-op that I was a part of, the workload itself was able to be tailored to work with a part-time job or be more than a full-time job in and of itself. And the co-op suggested that they'd rather you try to just work more within the assigned work versus try to also fit in a running start. And I'm very glad I made that decision. Some of my friends that did running start felt like they weren't really able to do either to the best of their ability because of the group I was in. So speaking about jobs, did you, did you do any uh, jobs or internships uh, during your high school years that you wouldn't have maybe been able to to fit in if you'd been at public school for all those hours? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I did. Mine was rather unique. So I was a private Latin tutor (laughs) ever since my junior year of high school because I just wanted to start helping other people in my CC community. And that turned into national Latin exam training, which turned into one student, two students, five students. At one point, I think I had 12 or 15. And through that, I was able to pay for my college. That's 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 awesome. That's a good way to go. Yeah, that's that's really terrific. You found something you were passionate about and you you used it to get you to the next level of your education. I mean, that's terrific. This job as a Latin teacher is actually the first job where I've ever received a paycheck. 
I've always worked as an independent tutor up to this point. You said you've done a lot of panels um, at conferences and whatnot. Um, Could you maybe, you know, I I think a lot of our listeners, you're on obviously the Christian side. Um, A lot of our listeners are on the secular side. That's kind of where we focus. What are some, do you see any common questions or concerns from parents at these conferences, maybe coming from both sides of the the homeschooling world? I think most of the most common questions we have pretty much already covered, but the biggest ones are, do you see sunlight? Do you have friends? Which I most certainly do. I have friends that are going to be with me probably my whole life, Mm -hmm. which I don't know how many people can say that their middle school friends are the ones that they want to stand next to them in their wedding, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure that will be the case for me. And I was able to do a lot more extracurricular activities than I would have been able to if I were in a classroom all day. Another big question I get was, but you didn't have prom. (laughs) No, I didn't have a prom, but I do love dancing. I joined a ballroom dancing group. We have two formal balls a year. I still have formal balls and I (laughs) love it. And I think I love these formal balls more than I ever would have liked being at a prom. (laughs) I get to be in full length dresses. The guys wear tuxes. It's very fun. So if a prom is what you want, a prom you can get. (laughs) The other question I get a lot is, did you feel prepared for college? I most certainly did. As I've covered earlier, I actually think I'm much more prepared for college because I've already been scheduling my time for so long. And just figuring out how to self-motivate for learning is 99% of the difficulty when joining college. And since I already know how to motivate myself, I am finding college, honestly, a bit easier than high school. (laughs) I quite enjoy it. (laughs) I I had a similar experience going from my private school into a public university. I I found that, Mm -hmm. you know, we were, it was a very rigorous high school. And I didn't, I didn't feel like I was really challenged until maybe my junior or senior year. And that was a, an Ariel shaking her head. I'm she shaking. Was, I went the opposite went direction. I went public to private yeah. and it was a, it was a shock. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a lot of young parents like in our Facebook group and all, yes. that are listening to this. Um, tell them it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can say to everyone out there who's wondering if they should homeschool, it is going to be Okay. As I was talking to my mom about being on this podcast today, and she said the one thing that she always worried about when she started was that someday I would grow up and shake my fist and say, why did you do this to me? Why did you homeschool me? I could have had a public education or something like that. Mm-hmm. But here I am, graduated, almost about to graduate college with a job, a brother that I'm super close with, friends that I want for the rest of my life, an education that I still remember can use and I thank her all the time that she took that leap because I know that homeschooling it's more work for the parents and yeah it's tough sometimes and some days you wonder why did I do this but it is going to be okay it's going to be far more than okay and you're going to love the end result. Wow. That, that was a great note to leave it on. I just thank you so much, Jordan, for taking the time to talk with us today. Of course. Thank you for asking me. This was fun. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook, 
and find us at Homeschool Together Podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time, happy homeschooling!